All right, so how, how many of you have had your identity or something stolen from you? How many? Raise your hand. Well, I'll, I'll raise mine too. My Wi-Fi? It should be. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Show of hands, how many people have had things stolen? Pretty much almost everybody in this place. <clears throat> and tell me, just blurt it out, how did you feel? Would you say? Broken. Violated. Angry, yes. And what else? Exposed, yes. And what else? Betrayed. Okay, good, good. What else? Who? Somebody said something else? Okay, so let's try this again because it's important that you connect with it just in the moment now. I'm, I'm not trying to get you to go back there, okay? So don't get, don't get offended again, okay? You know how somebody, somebody brings something to your remembrance and you say, that's right, I forgot about that. Daggone that I'm mad. So let's not go there. Just for the sake of, I want you to get it in your, in your uh, spirit what it feels like for a thief to come in and take something from you. All right? Because I want you today to get indignant. I want you today to make a decision. This, this ain't going to happen no more. Enough is enough. I want you today to recognize what has been happening. You know, we can be asleep and, and stuff will be happening all around you, and you just are oblivious as to what's going on. You know that happens a lot of times, right? So what I want you to do, we're going we're gonna to say, remember someone who, uh, well, don't remember them, but... but Shout out some of the things that you felt when you were violated. What, you were, when, you, when something was stolen, you felt angry, hurt, betrayed. Who said revenge? Somebody said revenge. Revenge. Yeah, that's a big one right there. Exposed. Yes, yes, yes. What else? Violent. You became violent. <laughs> My sister, she became violent. I, I know. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, I understand. I understand. So, so here's, you know, I personally have, uh, what happened with me many years ago, uh, my apartment, y'all, was broken in. Now, I don't know about you, but if you ever had your apartment broken in or your home broken in, that's a whole nother different feeling. And then the person had the nerves to put out a cigarette on my carpet. I felt disrespected. I did. It was like, okay, now it's one thing that you broke in my home, but you're going to put your cigarette into my carpet. Like, like, what is that? I mean, to me, that was just, I don't know. It, it was amazing how I looked at that more than I did that my stuff was gone. <laughs> but the, the point I'm making here is I did feel violated. I felt almost like, uh, if I could say it this way, I put it in my notes here. Um, I, I almost felt like... Um, I, I felt paranoid because I didn't know when somebody was going to break in it again. I felt furious. I felt violated. Um, and here's the other thing. I wanted to know who did that thing. I mean, you know, it's something about when that happens to you, you just want to know who did it. And then, what'd you say? Who's the thief? Who's the thief? You want to know who's the thief, right? And then another thing is I... Um, I not only wanted to know who the thief was, I wanted to know who the thief was so I could pay back. I wanted to hurt the person. Or if I couldn't hurt them, I wanted them prosecuted. So 
I looked for fingerprints. I mean, I went around myself as a detective looking for evidence that the person was in my home. And so the, th the point I want is I really want you to get that because there has been a thief in our lives that has been robbing our freedom, robbing our ability to be happy, robbing our ability to walk in peace, robbing our ability to be free. There is an enemy. There is a thief that is on the lookout. He's always constantly looking out. That's why you can't rest. You can't rest. You know, sometimes we can, we, oh, everything's hunky-dory. I got my car, I got my house, I got my job. You know, I got my kids, I got my husband, I got everything. But you're not on watch. You still got to be watchful. Because the thief, look, the thing about a thief is they're calculated. They're very calculated. And, and uh, I'll say this, and I'm saying this openly. Hey, I know what a thief is because, believe it or not, I stole before. I, Pastor Melanie, Pastor Melanie stole. Listen, listen, I had, I, I actually, y'all, listen, I took a, uh, you, you're, you remember the little bags that you carry uh, newspapers in because you, you're, you know, delivering newspaper? I took one of those, put it on my shoulder, and had a poncho. Walked up into the store, and I mean, I loaded that bag with all kinds of food, just candy, everything. So, yes, I, I stole. Pastor Melanie, look at me. Drop your rocks because y'all stole two and some, <laughs> you might have stole a pencil from your job. So y'all may not look at that as stealing, but that's, that's, that's stealing. It wasn't yours. You didn't pay for it. So, you know, <laughs> I ain't by myself. So. <laughs> but uh, any, any rate, the other thing is, you know, my husband, I think it was what, what five cars that were stolen from you? F four? How many cars? The same car. The same car stolen four times. And was, do you think it was the same person that did it? Because <laughs> I was going to say, it ain't shame on them, it's shame on you for, <laughs> for whatever you did. To, so, so each different locations. Different locations. So, you know, they could have been following you. They, oh, they could have been following you, buddy. Uh, but anyway, but the fact that, you know, I can't even begin to even imagine, you go out there, the first time it happens, it's like, man, somebody stole my car. It probably was in disbelief. Like, I know I parked my car right here, but it's not there. So maybe, look, maybe I was drunk, which that was possible for you around that time. <laughs> Hi. You know, so, so maybe I parked it around the corner, right? So he goes around the corner. And so then you find that you were, it was stolen. The second time that happened, I can't even imagine what you thought. What did you think? You was mad, okay, so that's the second time. The third time that happened, same car. What? You got, that's all you did is get mad? <laughs> okay, and then the fourth time, what happened? What, what happened the fourth time, I mean? I'm still Somebody took his car and he's paying the note, ooh. Somebody took his car and he's paying the note. Somebody took your happiness and you've been paying the note for years. Somebody took your, your joy and you've been paying for it. Ooh, spooky, huh? <laughs> but somebody took something from you and you've been paying for it. In some cases, every it was stolen. Let's let that linger a little bit. 
So you you look. So so you 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 the fourth time, you you just got what? Then what did you do after that? Did you get another car? Or what happened? Did you ever find that car? So you let it go the fourth time. You let the car go. Well, I mean, obviously, you ain't had no choice. The car, the car was stolen. <laughs> so, you know, I think that we're talking about uh, cars and homes or whatever you believe that was stolen from you. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission, uh, there's a statistic that said that over 1.3 million people have dealt with identity theft. And, uh, and the numbers are actually increasing. Now, there's another theft that's been taking place in the kingdom of God. The body of Christ is experiencing an identity crisis. Identity crisis. Think about it, y'all. Jesus died on the cross for us to live, for us to, uh, in fact, he said uh, that I came that you might have life and what? Have it more abundantly, right? John 10.10 says, the thief cometh but to steal kill and destroy, right? But then he went on to say, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, right? So his whole th a purpose of bringing man back into, well, his whole purpose was to bring man back in fellowship with, with God, right? Because Adam and Eve sinned and messed up that whole flow. And, and so his whole goal was to bring us right back in fellowship with God because apart from him, we can do nothing, right? And so um, the thing about it is there's a thief right now that's been stealing our original design. Some are conforming to the kingdom of darkness. Some of the people in the body of Christ is conforming to the kingdom of darkness. Some Christians are compromising their walk to fit in the world and pulling out their Jesus card whenever they need it. See, they're like a, a chameleon. So when they're around the brothers and sisters, hey, sister, how you doing? God bless you. Glory to God, brother, how you doing? Jesus is Lord. I mean, they're saying all the right jargon, you know, but, but they're living something entirely different from what they're saying. The scripture says that you'll know them by their what? Fruit. So, you know, you may be, or if you're out there in TV land and you've been kind of like, 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 like teetering into the world, is that a word, teetering? Okay, teetering into the world, and then maybe got one, the other foot in the kingdom, you're, God doesn't like that. And sooner or later, you'll be called out on it. Sooner or later, you'll be exposed. See, sometimes we think that, well, didn't nobody see me drink? God saw you. Didn't nobody really hear me curse? God heard. Yeah, he heard. <laughs> he saw and he heard. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of times we, who do we think we're fooling? Who do we think we're fooling? And so then you got these Christian uh, brothers and sisters who's conforming to the world and the world's way of doing things, even down to dressing just like the world. So if I, have, if I have someone who's a Christian uh, and they're dressed like someone who isn't a Christian, how am I supposed to tell? Like how, dress may seem like it's kind of like ain't all that, but it really is. Because sometimes people only see 
the first visual. If you don't open your mouth, the first thing they do is they see your disposition. They see what you're wearing. They see how you're carrying yourself. So we got to be better. Uh, uh, we got to give off the bright fruits, okay? Now, we can't be playing, because and, 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 some people are good actors, you know, or actresses. We can't be playing it. But I'm, I'm saying this not for condemnation or, 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 or anything like that. But you should look like something. You should look like the character of Christ. You should, you should act like him. If you say you're a Christian, Christian is those that are in what? Christ. Christ. Not those that are in the world. It's those that are in Christ. That's important, y'all, because I'm telling you, people in the world will look at us like hypocrites. They'll say, well, wait a minute. They said they was a Christian. You go on your job. I tell you, some of the, the, the people on the job, they probably looking at you because you told them you was a Christian, but your actions, you've been, you walk in there with attitudes. You walk in there, you know, late. <laughs> you walk in there half doing your job. And I'm, I, again, I'm not, I'm just putting this out there. It's just, hey, TV land, you're, you're listening, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're, you know, it's not to convict you but, uh, or to condemn you, but it is to convict you to the point of change, okay? Trust me, I've done it. You know, I've gone in there with a bad attitude and, you know, I don't know if I ever cursed uh, on the job as a Christian. I might have, though, because back in the day I used to curse like a sailor. So, you know, when you're in transition, sometimes, you know, you could, you could t some things will slip out, <laughs> you know. But, but there's, times, there's times in our lives where it's not slipping. <laughs> it's just out there, <laughs> you know. So we, we, we got to do better and not conform to the kingdom of darkness. Uh, and so, remember I told you we try to put out our Jesus card whenever we need it. The problem is, it's the wrong identification. If we have to guess whether you're a Christian, as I said, and not many of us would be surprised. Because, you know, basically, your fruit is just not, it's not showing it. Now, the uh, inner fruit affects outward actions. Your inner fruit expects or, or affects outward actions. Your words, your, your activities will glorify God, and God will, or, or God's will is accomplished when you do that. So God desires, um, his desire is to transform us into the image of Christ and make us as fruitful as he was. In our allegiance to him, we want to be uh, characterized where we want the fruits to be characterized as good works or good fruit. So today we're going to talk about our true identity in Christ. It's found in Christ, y'all. It really is found in Christ. You know, a lot of times we don't really know who we are. You know, I feel for the men, as I said earlier, and I think he even mentioned it, you know, God created man first. And if you think about it, man came in with a great responsibility. One of the responsibility was is that he was supposed to really show uh, uh, people their identity. If you think about it, he said when, a, when an elephant came, oh, we're going to call that an elephant. And it looked like an elephant, doesn't it? I mean, if you look at all the things, all the animals that God uh, used Adam to name, it looked like what, what he named it, right? And so he had the responsibility to, uh, to cultivate the, 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 the land um, and to really pour identity into the things that God created. 
And so we got to go back to the beginning. Um, I already read John 10.10, which is our opening uh, uh, scripture reading. The thief cometh not but to but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus was warning us that there is a thief and he is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But the good news is that he said that I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Anyone who claimed a way of salvation other than Jesus is robbing people of truth. There is only one gospel, and that is the message of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Any other so-called gospel is to be rejected. It's by knowing truth, knowing God's voice, that we uh, defend against the deceptions of those who would seek to kill, steal, and destroy. Life is in Jesus and him alone. Here's how you can tell if you uh, are not accepting your true identity in Christ. This is just a, a list of things of how you can tell that you haven't accepted your true identity in Christ. The first one is you can receive the word for others, but not yourself. So an example of that would be that the Bible uh, says that you're forgiven but you're still holding on to what you did in the past. You tell yourself you're not blessed because of what you did. You feel like your prayers are not being heard. You feel like you are spiritually and emotionally stuck in the same place. How many of y'all can, you know, I remember for, for years as I was growing it, in Christ, it just didn't feel like I was really evolving. It seemed like I was just stuck in the same place. You feel like you're being punished when things don't go right and something bad happens. See, my car broke down because, see, because I just did this bad thing and God has not forgiven me. And so all this bad stuff is going to happen to me because of that. I can't, you know, do anything right because of what I did a long time ago, back in 1977. I can't do anything right because of the choices that I made and the decisions that I made. They're still uh, trying to keep me captivated, trying to, when I say captivated, trying to keep me in bondage because of what I did, because of what I said. I can relate because there's been plenty of times that I've done and said some things that I couldn't take back. I could, no matter what I did, I could not take it back. And the thing about it is the Bible says you are forgiven. If God himself says you're forgiven, who am I to say, Melanie, what you did is not forgivable. See, when he forgave us, he forgave us for whatever it is. You're whatever. You're whatever. Everybody has a whatever. He did. He forgave you for that. I want you to put that for whatever. I want you to put that in your mind. He forgave you for that. And for us to hold on to that, that is not, that's not even, that's not even smart. That is the thief, y'all. The thief, the enemy. He's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's using what you did to do it. But God said, oh no, even before you did it. See, Jesus came to save us from our sins 
uh, uh, past sins, present sins, and future sins. Now, that doesn't give us a license to go ahead and be like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and sin because it's forgiven anyway. That ain't even the, the, the attitude that we have to have. But he, you are forgiven. Say, say this, y'all. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Say it again. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. And so, uh, boy, I'm just all off my notes. <laughs> uh, I want to do something. I want to I illustrate something here, Okay. And the first person I'm going to call is Stella. If you can come on up, Stella. The reason why I'm spending a lot of time, y'all, I know the, uh, during fast week I, I kind of talked about um, unforgiveness. And honestly, y'all, unforgiveness is one of the biggest, one of the biggest uh, uh, um, situation that the enemy uses to steal, kill, and destroy. Unforgiveness. Now, Stella, Stella, she has dealt with, now personally, this is not me putting this on Stella. This is Stella has willingly uh, uh, became the sacrificial lamb today <laughs> to, to make this point because it's important, y'all, that we get free. It's important that the thief is actually uh, identified in your life, okay? So Stella actually has dealt with unforgiveness. She has dealt with bitterness, depression, hopelessness, anger, rejection. Un she felt unloved, neglected, ungrateful, ashamed, seeking love in all the wrong places. She had a hard heart. She was physically abused. She abused herself with drugs and alcohol. Okay, so this is, this is what Stella has gone through. And actually, the, the physical abuse that she experienced uh, was, was quite, um, it was horrific in some cases. But she represents a lot of people that have gone through a lot of stuff. I'll put myself on the line here, too. I've gone through physical, emotional, and spiritual uh, abuse. So I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be violated, to be taken advantage of. I know what it feels like to hate someone, maybe, maybe not hate, because I, I never really hated anybody, uh, but to, to really be uncomfortable you know, around somebody that has done me wrong. I know how that feels. And so Stella represents the, the person who is really kind of stuck in unforgiveness, okay? So she's been in unforgiveness. In fact, what has happened, and this is not her case, but it may have happened when she was four years old. And you're, how old are you now? 52, 52 years old. This is just an illustration. I'm not saying this is what happened to her at four years old and she's now 52, but you can do the number. If, you're, if, if whatever happened to you was at 12 and you're now in your 30s, you can't use that as an excuse anymore. You can't use it as an excuse that I'm going to walk in bitterness and stay bitter. I'm going to walk in unforgiveness and be in unforgiveness. You can't use it as an excuse anymore. It's old. It's, oh, the thief has to be caught. The thief has to be caught, y'all. You are not the same person. 
What happened to you? What you did back there in 1920? Oh, not 20, I'm sorry. 19, <laughs> somebody out there probably was 1920. Whatever that thing that happened to you, whatever that thing you did, you did, you're not the same person. And the scripture says that if you come in Christ, he says you're a new creature in Christ and old things are passed away. Behold, that means look, you are brand new. You're becoming rather. You're becoming brand new. Becoming means there's going to be a process. There's a process in becoming. Don't get stuck at four or five or six or seven years old when you're, when you're, when you're 30. Or a teenager. Or 20. Don't get stuck, y'all. The thief is trying to steal something from you. So let me show you what's, what's happening, what's really happening. So Stella has gone through so many things, right? We talked about that. And, and she's representing things that maybe you have gone through. So now what happens is Stella gets, start to feel some kind of way about these people. So shame actually to herself, shame comes up. So shame. Well, that should have been on your back. <laughs> there you go. And, and uh, the gloves. Did y'all? Y'all good? Okay. You have to wash your hands after this is over. So then, so shame. She's dealing now with shame. The shame of what happened to her. The guilt. The guilt. The guilt keeps eating you alive. Man, I wish I hadn't have done that. Man, I wish I hadn't have said that. Uh-oh. So one of my little props, the kind of, can you help, help uh, him fix that? So we got guilt, we got shame. Shame, can you help guilt? Uh <laughs> You know what? That'll teach right there because shame is helping guilt. Shame is helping guilt to stay guilty. Shame is helping guilt. Now, shame, you got to be quicker now. Come on now. <laughs> so then on top of that, so then we have, uh, what's the other one? Uh, we have bitterness, bitterness. Okay, bitterness, because she has gone through a lot. She has gone through so much over the years, and she's constantly, constantly dealing with bitterness and shame and guilt. Like they fixing each other up too, <laughs> just to remind her, making sure that she's, she's she really, and, and could, do, do we need to come out a little bit so people can kind of see everything? Okay. Now, what I want y'all to do is, I just want y'all to keep walking around her. Just keep walking around her. Slowly but surely, in a circle. I'm sorry, in a circle. <laughs> so they're constantly reminding her, but I really wanted y'all to do this. I really wanted y'all to do, because see, right now, what I want, there you go, thank you, but you got to get, yeah. Now, is there one more person? Did I? Anger, where's my, the anger, anger, ooh, anger, man, anger, she is angry for what has happened to her. 
<laughs> she is so angry at these people. Uh, Minister Lamar, Minister Lamar, you got to do it the way it was. Thank you. You always got somebody <laughs> trying to do it their way. <laughs> All right, so we got Stella is, it, it, you got your, Stella's got shame. She's dealing with shame, bitterness. Y'all can slow down. Y'all slow, because y'all going to get dizzy. <laughs> okay, so you got, you know what? That's, good. That's a good picture, though, because sometimes it's like, whoa, it's just too much. Anyway, so you got the shame. You got the, get the bitterness. She's dealing with anger because of what happened to her. And she's been trying to bust loose. Now, let me, well, y'all keep on doing the struggle here. Uh, because here's the thing. This, this, is, this represents... Um, bondage. It represents, uh, what was that word I used, Stella, earlier? <laughs> this represents, y'all, stronghold. Stronghold. Now, she's going to continue to deal with this. Whatever, all these things that, that has happened to her, the abuse, the, the abuse that she had towards herself, uh, the abuse people did for her physically, all of that, all of it, and these, these feelings that she's experiencing is constantly reminding her of what that person did to her, and it's constantly reminding her, it's constantly uh, a stronghold in her mind. It's in her mind, y'all. She's feeling all of this in her mind. Now, God wants Two things, and this is for, he wants more than that, but just two things right now for Stella. Because Stella, she, she's, been, she's been fighting this thing for a long time. So, freedom. Freedom. You can come up here on this side here. Oh, well, <laughs> she went too fast. So, freedom. So, we got freedom here. Freedom. Ooh, that's a, that's a beautiful thing, y'all. How does it feel to be free? I mean, really, to be free from the guilt, free from the shame, free from the bitterness, free, man, free. It feels good. And then you can't have freedom without peace. You need peace. Stella needs peace and Stella needs freedom. Hallelujah. Stella, and you know what? Stella, she's probably worn out because she's been trying to get out of this, this stronghold. She's been trying to get out of this stronghold for a long time. Long time. She's been struggling in her mind. It has started to affect her physically, where now the manifestation of the bitterness and the anger started to take root in her body, and it became cancer. It, 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 have, it could have became, you know, you have, anybody experienced headaches all the time? He said, yeah. You know, sometimes those little, little things, it's like the enemy is just picking at you. Just all these little aches and pains and stuff like that. So Stella has been trying, and look, now she's overwhelmed. She feels overwhelmed. And she's tired. And she's been through this for many years. Would you say, start, what, say that? So were they. They're, they're tired. Lord have mercy. <laughs> That's why I told them to slow it down. 
So here we got Stella going through all this stuff, y'all. All this stuff. And really, she has to do one thing. The only thing that's going to release her from all this stuff is she's got a key that will unlock. One key. It's not her strength, like she tried to bust out. Y'all saw how she tried to bust out. She couldn't get out. It's not her voice. It is key. One key. Raise it up, Stella. Now, she can either use that key. Now, that key, the thing about the key is everybody has the key to unlock the stronghold that's been keeping them bound. Everybody has that key. But not everybody chooses to use the key. Why? Because they sometimes, some, some people think, well, this key ain't going to work. Some people think it just ain't going to work. But no matter what, Stella, she still, she, in fact, looked like she gave up there for a minute. Some people give up. They just give up. I'm going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life, so I'm just going to give up. But Stella got the key. So, so now what she's doing, she's using her key. You can let you, when she uses that key, now let me tell you what the key is. The key is forgiveness. <laughs> so she now enters into freedom and peace. Now, now this is the thing. Remember I told you, you still can't celebrate Drop your guard and then just do 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 do. I'm free now. No, she got to make sure that guilt, shame, uh, bitterness. Yo, turn around. Yo, she got to she got to make sure these these thieves don't raise his ugly head again. See, the enemy is smart because what he does is he don't really have to be strong. He don't really have to you know to know it all. All he has to do is be patient. And he got that down pat. He's just patient. He's waiting. He's waiting for an opportunity to go right back and create that stronghold around her again. So we got to be vigilant. We can't, we can't just drop our guard when we feel like we've been set free and walking at a level of peace. We have to constantly, constantly um, go ahead and, and maintain and making sure that 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 stronghold is broken. Y'all could be dismissed. Thank y'all so much. Give them some love, y'all. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so we got it. We, we have to actually, let me go back to, uh, got a lot of notes here. So I talked about, okay, so the way that you can tell if a person has not um, accepted their true identity. We just talked a little bit about that. Um, the other thing is, let's just go to, uh, let's go to Isaiah 43:25. Remember I said, you are forgiven. So if you've ever been in a situation where you've done something and you feel like whatever you've done was just so abominable, like, you, like, you, like there's no way that you can uh, be dismissed from that. God has forgiven you. Isaiah 43, 
verse 25. It says, I even I am, and this is Jesus speaking, he that blotteth out thy transgressions for, listen at this, and he put in my Bible, is the mind is capitalized, mine own sake, and will not remember thy sin, or sins actually, plural. So let me read that again. I, even I am, he that blotteth out thy transgressions or sins for mine own sake, for my own sake, and will not remember thy sins. The truth is, Jesus said it was for his own sake that he blotted out the sins, um, paying the price for our sins because the wages of sin is death, and his purpose was not or was to put us back in fellowship with God, and he accomplished it by dying on the cross. Otherwise, if it didn't happen, if, 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 if what he's saying is it's for my sake because he did all that, otherwise, what Jesus did on the cross would not have had, or, or, or what Jesus did on the cross would have not been for nothing. He wanted his life to count and his obedience to the Father to count. So that's why, for his, he's saying, let me read that again. I, even I am he, that the word blot of is like, is, is basically taking away, erasing out thy sins or transgressions for my own, mine own sake. It ain't even for you. He's saying, listen, I got to do this thing because this is what I came to do. This is what I came to do. God is counting on me. But he had something invested in this thing. Colossians uh, 2, 13 and 14. This is out of the ESV version. Uh, it says, although our sins are many, God has mercy to those who have faith in Jesus Christ, his son. God applies the blood of Christ to our sin and cancels the debt we owe uh, we owe him by nailing it to the cross. Here's another clue you may not have uh, accepted your true identity. Because see, in Christ, the Bible all through Christ, matter of fact, there's like 100, no, probably 200 and something scriptures that talks about who we are in Christ. There's a lot of scriptures, y'all, all throughout the Bible that talks about who we are in Christ. Here's another way that you can, you can tell or another clue that you may not have accepted your true identity in Christ. Because see, once, you're, once, you, once you accept your true identity in Christ, then you won't be dealing with the shame, the guilt, and all of those things, right? And as I said earlier, the, the enemy's patient. So you constantly deal with fear, worry, anxiety, shame, guilt, condemnation, and loneliness. This is another way that you can tell. The enemy is patient. He will plague us with thoughts like, you are worthless. You don't deserve anything good. You're a terrible person. If you think on it long enough, you will believe it and become it. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. 
But when you know who you are in Christ, you will not buy the lies of the enemy. Those things that he's trying to get you to embrace or to agree with. Here's another thing. If the emotional, spiritual, physical hurt and pain of your past still have a negative impact on your life. So I'm not trying to make light of what happened to you at four, if something happened to you at four. But for God's sake, you're older now. You can't even use it as, no more as an excuse. And if you are trying to use it as an excuse, it's the enemy trying to rob you from your future. Here's another one. If you've gone through, let's say, an abortion and you still feel the guilt and the shame, your true identity is in Christ. And that true identity is trying to, is, is the thief is trying to steal who you are. You're not that same person that made that decision. The scripture said, uh, says here, uh, said uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. See, that's the key, y'all. The key is to be in Christ. Because when you are in Christ, you begin to, everything becomes Christ-centered. Your identity is in Christ. It's in Christ that we live and have our being, move and have our being. It's in Christ. So there's an identity crisis going on in our world uh, and the body of Christ. People are driven to believe their identity is found in their sexual orientation. Genesis 26, uh, 28 uh, it says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish uh, of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and, every, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, not in the image of the world, but in his image, Right. Um, in his own image, God created him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, verse 28, blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and the, the, the sea and over the fowls, everything basically that God created, he wanted them to have dominion over it. And God saw in verse 31, and God saw every, uh, everything that he had and behold or look it was very good up to that point he said it was good every time when he did something he said it was good it was good it was good but then when he created man after his likeness he said it is very good on the sixth day Malachi 3 and 6 says I for I am the Lord and I change not you know we are God's handiwork created in Christ in Christ there we go again in Christ Jesus to do good works which prepare in advance for us to do. The scripture says, I know you, or I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. So before we even broke free into the earth realm, we were hanging out with God. He knew us. He knew exactly who he wanted us to be. He wanted Melanie to be a, a female. He wanted, you know, Pat Keith to be a male. I can't decide that. And the thing about it is, you know, we're, we're three-part being. We're spirit, soul, and body. 
That's where our makeup is, spirit, soul, and body. But sometimes we, we identify ourselves sexually. But it's, it's not that. We are spirit, soul, and body. That's really what we're, you know, the thing about it is we're actually more spirit than we are the body. But the emphasis is everything. If you think about it, y'all, I mean, from TV, everywhere you look, there is sexuality everywhere. I mean, by the way people dress, the men dress, the women dress. I mean, it's like everything is trying to enheighten sexuality. That's not who we are. We are sexual beings, but the, the root of who we are, the identity of who we are is not just a sexual being. But for some reason, media is pushing that in our face. You know, everywhere you look, billboards, everywhere you look, you know, it's just this, this uh, sexual society that has just been rampant. And now, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Even the small children are exposed to it. And, and, and keeping it real now, this is just me personally, okay? So don't get offended. But I even think about even how little cheerleaders are dressed. Little babies dressed in the little, you know, the little midriff thing or in the little thing with the little goes, you know, everything is like, in a way, it's too much for a child. Some people say, oh, they look cute. But you know, there are people that are, that are struggling with, with child pornography. We'll look at that and get aroused. So yes, it may look cute, but the reality is, is, is it what's best? So I'm, all I'm saying is, if you have a cheerleader out there, I'm not saying don't do, I'm just saying, I'm just making you think. Everything has become sexual in a way. That's not who we really are. That's what we do, but that's not who we, what, we, what we really are. And so, you know, we just have to make sure that we're not caught up and try, caught up even keeping up because there's so many people out there that's given us a picture and is using these people to give us a picture. We think, oh, that's fly. I'm going to go ahead and do that. But actually, it's, 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 it's making, you're giving the wrong impression just to fit in. So, you know, we, we, we've, we've got to be making sure, we have to make sure that we're not conforming to the world and the way the world does things. The bottom line is we really do have to get back to our true identity, which is found in Christ Jesus. That's really the only identity that we have. That's the best identity we have. I did want to talk, since it is Father's Day, I did want to talk a little bit about um, just some of the things that I think, just food for thought, okay? It's food for thought. So, you know, hopefully if you're doing any of these things, you know, uh, or if you're not doing any of these things, then, then it's, it's encouragement for you to go ahead and start to think about what you're doing. Just think about what you're doing as a man because God is trying to get the men back to their original design. You guys are leaders, whether you feel like a leader or not, you are leaders. You're born a leader. Naturally, you're born a leader. I'm sorry. 
Oh, okay, thank you. You're born, you're born a leader. And so the, I want to talk a little bit about the strength of a man. The strength of a man. It's not money. It's not muscles. It's not ma um, masculinity. The strength of the man is, this is what a strength of the man looks, or a strength of a man looks like. He's a man of prayer. He's a man of prayer. So when you, when, when you, wanna, when you want to show your family your, your inner strength, they need to see you praying. See, because you're leaders. What does a leader do? They lead and the people what? They follow. So they need to see you praying. And prayer is simply just talking to God. They need to see that. Man, I mean, can you, I wish men, you would, you would really, like, really get it, what it feels like for a woman to see her man, like, connect with God and know that the only way that he's going to be the man that she needs is if he connects with God. Man, that woman, I'm telling you, she, that you will touch her heart in places she didn't even know exist. If you would just be the man, be the leader that God has called you to be, that would just bless her so much. First Timothy says, uh, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, holding up holy hands without wrath and doubting, because he recognizes, uh, this, is, this is me, he recognizes that apart, apart from God, he can do nothing and can do nothing. And so he's always inquiring of the Lord for the next step to take. He moves, his moves, rather, are led by God. This is, this is what the strength of a man looks like. He's a man of prayer. He's a man of integrity. He fears God. See, his, his integrity is driven not by, well, I don't want my wife to see. I don't want my kids to see. No, I don't want God to see. I don't, I don't want God to hear. He's a man of integrity. He fears the Lord. So, you know, here's a question. What are you saying or doing that only you and God sees? What are you saying, thinking, or doing that only God and you sees? Does it bring glory to God is going to be your mark. Whatever you're saying, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're doing, does it bring glory to God? That's your measure. If you are married, would your wife be happy, proud, with what you're looking at, saying, thinking, or doing that only you and God sees? Would your wife be happy? Would she be proud? Oh boy, I just love it when you're looking at that magazine. Oh, I just love it when you're, when you're tuned in to see that visual of that woman. Would she be proud? Would she be happy? Would God be happy and proud? He's a man. Well, let me go back here.
He's a man, basically, of truth. He doesn't lie. He's, he's not in denial. He doesn't lie. He's, he's not in denial. Proverbs uh, 6.19 talks about, you know, there's uh, six things that the Lord hates. One of them is lying. He's a man of his word. His word is bond. If he said it, you can count on it. His children, his wife, all of that, all of them, they can count on it. He's a man that prays and worship his creator, our creator. Uh, Psalms 150 verse 6 talks about, you know, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Your children and your, 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 your wife or any of your family, they need to see you praise and worship. Because what the, when they see that, 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 when you praise and worship, it's another level of vulnerability and transparency. When you're not so hard where you can't cry, you know, when you're not so hard, when you're, when you're uh, honestly, you're free. When you can praise and worship before God in front of your family, in front of the body at church. That's a strength, man. It's a strength. It's not a weakness. Some, for some reason, men have been taught that if you cry, you're weak. Crying, man, I tell you what, that, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a mighty man right there if he can cry. If, if, if you can, you know, if, if, he, if he can cry, <laughs> I, you know, I'll just say a real quick story. But my husband, you know, he, he just, he, he was, uh, now he's very tender. He has a very tender heart. But for whatever reason, like, I hadn't seen him cry. And, um, and it concerned me. I'm going to be honest with you. It, it did concern me. I was like, well, uh, so uh, somebody died? He didn't cry? Uh, you know, it just seemed like he just didn't cry. But when I saw him cry for the first time, my heart just was like, oh, my God. Oh, I fell in love with him almost like all over again because I saw the, the, the vulnerability in him, the rawness of him. Like the, you know, you want to, when you, when you get with somebody, don't you want to just be like, man, I just want to know that person. Like I want to, what'd you say? I want, like I would hug him. And seriously, this, this, this happens all a lot of times I'll hug him there's a big part of me y'all this sounds weird but when as he's hugging me I feel myself going inside him like I want to be inside him isn't that weird I mean but it is it's it's the love is so much that I want to be inside that love so when he hugs me you know and and he gives the best hugs I just my body and he even Listen, he has even said, it's almost, and this is before I shared with him my experience. He said, it's almost like you're coming inside me. <laughs> but what it is, is, is our two souls are meeting. That's beautiful for a woman, y'all. A woman needs to feel that. She needs to feel that love. She needs to feel like, look, listen, we're one. And so hugs me oh my god I just feel so oh I'm inside him I'm inside him and when I'm inside him I feel safe because he won't hurt himself and he definitely ain't gonna hurt me when I'm inside him I just feel like 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 
like I'm protected when I'm inside him. Now, I'm talking about my husband, but that's what God wants us to do with him. He wants us to get inside him. Get inside him. Feel like you're a part of him. And you can do that. He's a holy man, always looking to reflect Christ in his words and action. Because, you know, holy men can say the right words, but that doesn't make them holy. His actions make them holy. He's committed to serving his family. He's committed to serving his family. Let me tell you what that looks like. When a man is serving his family, he's thinking about his family. Like, he's always thinking about his family. It ain't when he gets home, he's thinking about his family even on the job. But what's happening is there's another thief, y'all. There is another thief. I have to say it. I'm sorry for some of you out there. When I say this, you're going to probably feel like, ah, you might even turn me off at this point. But there's another thief. And it comes in, uh, it, 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 it's something that takes up a lot of your time. It's something that actually calls you when you wake up. And it calls you when you get off work. It, it's like, it, it just, it, you feel drawn to do this thing. And it's one of the enemies, he, the enemy's trying to steal your time with your family. And this is it. Y'all ready for this? What do y'all, what do y'all think it is? I'm, I, I, look, I want, the, I want the men to tell me what it is. Because I think the women already know. But y'all, okay, let's get, look, what do y'all think it is? Put, put some things out there. What'd you say? The phone? Okay, she said the phone. What, what else? I don't mind. I don't mind. Okay. She said lust. Well, that's that. We can throw that in there, but yeah. <laughs> what else? Distractions. Okay. Sports. Ooh, that's a good one. Sports. Sports. I'm going to add that one. Uh, thank you. I'm going to add that one. That's good. Because sometimes the men can't wait till they get home to what? Turn on the thing so they can see the sports, right? And so now you've been away from your family. You've been away from your family all day. And you be saying while you're driving in your car, man, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to get home because as soon as I get home, and you know what? Ain't nobody better. Don't nobody better talk to me. Don't nobody better. Just leave me alone. I'm coming home from work, and I deserve this time. TV's one. So, okay, well, what'd you say? Thank you. Bingo. Bingo. Believe it or not, believe it or not, it's video games. Video games. So he said, oh, Lord, don't take away my video game. See, already. Yeah, already. Don't take away my video game. Do you know there are so many men that are actually playing video games? <laughs> so, listen, my husband, now, he never really played video games, but he did play. He played uh, chess. And he played this thing, y'all, for eight hours. Eight hours. He was on this playing this video for eight hours. Now, the thing about it, the, the, he, look, even if he spent like 15 minutes with me, I, 
that, that makes a person mad. You're going to spend eight hours on a video game and, and you give me 15 minutes. Something's wrong with that picture. I'm going to tell you, see, the enemy, see, it's a thief. He's trying to rob you. He's trying to rob you of your time with your family. He said, at least it's BC for him. So video games, y'all, I'm telling you, look, the wives even sometimes feel, and the children, feel like they're competing with the video game. Listen, there's a guy in Australia, uh, I won't say his name, he, he actually, y'all, he was playing his video games. His pregnant wife tries to get his attention. And you can hear the little girl in the back. He's got a little baby. She might have been maybe two years old or whatever. She's in the back. And he's saying, I, I'll, 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 let me finish this. Just let me finish this. I'll get right to you. Just let me finish. She's like, no, but honey, I need you now. I need you. Listen, I'm on this video thing. No, no, no. You're going to have to wait. And so she's, so she's just trying to get him to come, right? She keeps at him. This dude pauses the video, goes over. Now, they don't show this in the, video, in, in the footage, but he goes, he goes over there and he slaps her. He says, listen, I told you I want to play my video games and I'll get to you when I'm done. Well, I'm just saying, I'll get to you when I'm done. And so she's over here crying. The baby is terrorized or whatever and he goes over there and he's and, she, and she's you hit me you hit me she's over there you know you hit me in my face I mean it was just crazy and so she's like you know she's begging him to get off the video game y'all this is the whole idea of what was happening she wanted him to get off the video so he could spend time with his family he had been on there for, for hours and so she, she he gets off again and he smacks her again and she's over there, I mean, you can see, you know, well, you can't see, but you can hear the baby, and then off you hear this tussle going on, and he comes in, I told you to let me do this, and I'm going to finish this, and, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. What had what it, what it happened in that particular case, he's addicted now at this point. Everything, uh, was it you that was saying sometimes you start to play out uh, certain things all through the day, you see yourself doing, making moves, and chess moves, that's what he was talking about. But all day, he was playing this video and it consumed him to the point where he became violent to protect it. Wife was trying to get him away from it. Baby over there crying. It was such, such a sad situation, y'all. It was so sad. And to make a long story, long story short, I guess apparently whoever, when you play in these games, there, there's other people playing. And so the other people were seeing the whole thing play out. And somebody called the cops, thankfully. They called the cops. And so he ended up, you know, getting arrested and all of that. But the point is, this dude, he was, a, he was addicted. And I, I, I don't have time to go through it, but there's a lot of things that happens when you get addicted to something like that. So addiction. And um, it takes up a whole lot. Let me hurry up and finish this. I'm almost done. Um, and so he's also a leader, as I said, in the home and at work. He's humble. Uh, you know, meekness is not a sign of weakness. He's, he's sober and vigilant. And as scripture talks about, as be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a walking around or basically uh, stooping around as a roaring lion, 
uh, and he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. He's a man of faith, not fear. He's a man of faith and not fear. He faces serious, faces serious issues and does not run from them or try to justify them. He exercises self-control. Self-control over his mouth, self-control over his actions. He, he doesn't run from challenges, but rather faces them. I'll leave y'all with this. Uh, was a good uh, scripture. Second Peter 1, 3, and 9, and this is out of the AMP. It says, this all sums it up basically for us. For his divine power is bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For these, or for, or for by these, uh, he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire and becomes uh, sharers of the divine nature. For this very reason, apply your diligence to the divine promises. Make every effort in exercising your faith. Develop moral excellence and in moral, uh, I'm sorry, develop moral excellence and in, hang on here, moral excellence, <laughs> develop moral excellence and in moral, okay, it's kind of uh, jumbled up here, uh, basically knowledge, insight, and understanding, and in your knowledge, self-control, self-control, and in your self-control, steadfastness, and in your steadfastness, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, um, love, that is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things for their benefit. For these qualities are yours and are increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity. They will keep you from being useless, unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, closing his spiritual eyes having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sin. So, in short, basically, you know, men, you do have a, a you know, a charge to lead. You have a charge to, a responsibility to make sure that you conduct yourself in a, a you know, a, a godly manner. Um, you, you do have a heavy responsibility, but honestly, you can't do it in your own strength. You really need God. So when you love on your family, they, it's almost like you give them an opportunity to experience God's love through you. As you hold them, it's almost like God is using you to hold your, your loved one in your arms. They feel in, in, beloved. They feel endear, you know, endeared. Um, and so it's important that you understand that manhood is, is not just because you wear the pants and you bring home the bacon. It's, it's, it's really like there's some inner strength inside every man 
that has the ability to lead so that your family can follow. They have the ability to love in a whole different way. See, it's, it's something, mother love is good, but it's something about a father's love, you know, that just really um, uh, helps children and adults even. So, you know, you, 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 the father, man, it's like that father, it's like you want to be daddy's girl, you know? I mean, it's just, y'all carry something that a woman can't, can't carry. She's not designed for that. But you guys are special. God created you very special. So I just want to encourage you men, you know, continue to seek God, to be led by God, to, uh, to be the man that God has called you. Let go of that video game. I'm telling you because you are missing precious time. Let go of even the um, sports. I'm not saying let go of it like totally. All I'm saying is put it in perspective. You know, have a lot of time for it. And the time shouldn't be like your whole day. You know, the time should be like if, 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 here, if here you got five hours on video and you got an hour with your family, that's out of order. Would you agree? Yeah. If anything, it should be like this. So we got to get better at really prioritizing, like, first things first. First things first. And so we got to maintain our identity in Christ, because that's where it's found, is in Christ. I would tell you, if you can, because there's so many scriptures in the Bible that actually tells us who we are in Christ. Find those scriptures and start to really meditate on the scriptures, because it's telling you who you are. And then believe it. So believe it. If you see it and you're not there yet, believe it. Start trying to believe it. Start confessing it. This is who Christ says I am because I'm in Christ. If you accept it, you're a born-again believer, you are in Christ. That makes you whatever he's telling you you are in Christ. You see what I'm saying? So that's where our final authority comes from, what God says. Not what you think, not what you said, not what others have said. Is what did God say. Amen. Amen. All right, well, that, that's uh, the end of, of this, uh, this word. <laughs> Glory to God.